building a team, especially a cybersecurity team, is, is, is a very challenging task. Uh, you know, um, the cybersecurity field is very dynamic and uh, the, there are a lot of advancements every day in every aspect of it. And um, there are also multiple specializations that require different types of skills. You're listening to KBCast, the cybersecurity podcast for all executives. Cutting through the jargon and hype to understand the landscape where risk and technology meet. Now, here's your host, Carissa Breen. Hey, welcome to the show. It's so wonderful to have you on the show today because I have known you for a number of years and you've got an amazing background, great experience. So I'm really keen to get into some of your insights today. But before we do get into that, we always like to hear a little bit more about you and your story. So please um, tell our listeners where you started to where you are now. Okay. Um, hi, Carissa. Um, it's my pleasure to be here. Okay, it's it's um, the 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 story of how of uh, how I entered the cybersecurity field is is, is very strange and uh, it's a long story. I'll try to uh, to focus on 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 the important milestones of it. Um, actually, um, uh, it all started while I was uh, in my junior year at the university. Um, um, I was studying computer science and. Um, at that year, maybe I started to think about the area in which I want to specialize. Um, and at the same time, I started to be fascinated with all the things I read or heard about hacking. Um, and um, I decided that I want to work in that area when I graduate. So I, I began looking for an advisor and, and guidance on, on, on what to do. Um, and, and just to mention, uh, during that period, which was around like the late 1990s, we're talking about 1998 or something, um, uh, cybersecurity at that time really meant uh, network security um, because uh, most of the attacks were, were, were network-based. So if, if, if someone was going to be skillful in hacking, he would um, really need to understand networks and operating systems very well. Uh, we had a professor who was known to be specialized in, 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 in that area and was also in charge of a large networking center at uh, the campus. Um, uh, although at that time there were uh, no official um, academic courses dedicated to cybersecurity in, 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 in these, uh, on the computer science department, uh, he was mostly supervising the graduation projects with uh, themes um, uh, related to cybersecurity or, or, or hacking in general. Uh, and he was also teaching uh, other computer science courses. Uh, so I used to go to him at his office and uh, have several discussions on what to do, what to read. And um, he was um, giving me a lot of uh, precious, uh, precious uh, general advices. Um, so I, a year later, I, I thought of doing a graduation project related to that subject and have him have, as my supervisor. But um, unfortunately, um, um, it didn't work. Um, then I graduated and um, I was always putting in my mind uh, that I want to be specialized in this field. So I was trying to, to, to look for a job that can help me in that, maybe like join a, um, 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 a company um, that provides like cybersecurity services or, or work in, in a cybersecurity department of a, of a company or, or so. Um, and uh, as I said, uh, that time it was still, um, uh, the, the thing is, was related more to network security. 
so I started in, in several jobs. Uh, the first one was uh, related to um, like writing software for for uh, networking applications for a company uh, that's owned by the stock exchange. So I gained some experience in some part of the uh, networking field. Um, but then for, for some reason, the, um, uh, the activity of the company uh, stopped. So um, I had to move to another company and uh, it was um, focusing more on, on, on developing uh, business software applications. And, um, but I wasn't like, like that really happy. So um, I stayed for a few months and I was still looking for a job that can help me um, break into the uh, networking security or cybersecurity field. At that time, um, maybe before joining the second company, as far as I remember, um, I had a chance uh, to do an interview for a recruitment company that was uh, advertising uh, jobs for um, a very well-known international cybersecurity uh, company that had an office in Egypt. Uh, so I went there and um, I had the interview. But then, like for a few weeks, I haven't heard from them. So, um, like I kept following up with them, and uh, the reply I got back is that uh, sorry, uh, the job was cancelled. So I was uh, very motiv- demotivated, of course. I joined like an oil field services company and I worked in IT support and IT operations. And part of the job was, of course, like learning some stuff related to networks. At that time, I started also to consider like studying for a certificate, maybe the ISEC squared CISP or like the other networking certificates because you know, also at that time, um, there was always a dilemma between um, uh, should I like have a certificate or learn from this course to try to enter a field or to, or to, or to, to be specialized, especially if, 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 if there is no chance to, to have the hands-on for that um, area you want to specialize in. So I spent some time at that company and um, uh, I was always also trying to um, maybe to move to a team related uh, or specialized in in doing more networking stuff, but they were all um, located outside of Egypt. For some time, I got saturated from my job. uh, So um, I had to move to another um, international networking services company. I acquired more skills in the networking area. um, And then... um, they, they were also having um, um, some like cybersecurity teams, but again, they were um, located outside of Egypt and uh, there was no plan um, uh, like to, to have some teams established in Egypt. So um, I got a chance to transfer to another team, but it was working in something completely different, which was like uh, voice over IP and IP telephony. But the thing is, um, they were like going to build a totally new team and there was a chance to travel to the uh, USA to to gain more experience. So I thought um, I can do that uh, until I like have the chance to to, to break into the cybersecurity field. So I traveled to the States. I stayed for a month or um, or a month and a half and I bought a study book uh, or study guide for the um, CompTIA Security Plus certificate because I thought this could be like... um, a good start if I study this certificate and I get it and I, I, I indicate that in my resume that I'm trying to do uh, some effort to break into the cybersecurity field, this could be like good for the, uh, the recruiters. Strangely, after I returned to Egypt, I heard that a new uh, cybersecurity team was going to be established. It was, of course, difficult to, to move at that time because I was still uh, building the other team. Maybe after a year or a, uh, or a year and a half or something, um, I tried to approach this team uh, when I saw uh, one of the internet jobs uh, posting. Uh, so uh, I was interviewed by the manager who's, uh, who's based in Egypt and 
things went well. Then I had to be in, uh, interviewed with his manager who's based out of the UK. So um, the interview was done by the phone and unfortunately um, I didn't do very well. So um, I lost the chance of, of, of joining that team. Um, and during that uh, period, I used to go to the university um, to attend the employment fairs. This was like in early 2007. And uh, by the way, at that time, like I acquired the Security Plus certificate. So after I updated my resume, um, I went to the uh, university campus to attend the uh, one of the employment fairs. And when I went through the brochure, I found that there was one of the big four companies um, uh, like indicating um, some job positions for people to work in, in IT and cybersecurity, consulting and audit and so on. So I approached them, um, I, I handed them my resume and uh, the manager who was standing at the booth gave me good impression and said, I'll forward your resume to the concerned teams. So some time has passed and I didn't like hear from them. Um, uh, I kept like following up by sending emails and so on. So it took like a few months or maybe maybe like nine months or something. During that time, I also um, applied to uh, one or two of their competitors because uh, I started like to do some research on those companies and I understood the idea that uh, they work in cyber security consulting and you do IT audit and part of the IT audit is also focusing on, on, on auditing like security controls. So after nine months, I got interviewed by one of the senior managers at that firm and uh, the first interview went well. Then um, I met with the partner and I think it was on the same day, but it didn't work out again. <laughs> so has that led you to where your job is today or...? Yeah, there was all, uh, there was only one step between that. So um, after I was uh, I, I was not successful in joining that um, uh, big four company, I applied to another one, and, and it was like maybe the second time I applied to a position in that company. And then, uh, fortunately, they called me for an interview. Um, I was uh, interviewed. I passed uh, the the exam and so on. Then they offered me a job. So and this was uh, like exactly 10 years um, after I had my first conversation with my uh, university professor. Uh, so I stayed for uh, like around like three years in that company. Uh, during that year, uh, during those years, um, 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 I learned a lot of uh, things. I had I have done like the, a lot of hands-on. Um, I took a lot of courses and certificates. And, and then I left after some time because um, um, we didn't have a lot of consulting projects. So uh, guess what? I moved to the uh, other big four company that I wasn't uh, successful in joining. So I stayed for a few months, but um, the, the same circumstances in the market were, were the same. No consulting uh, projects. The focus was on IT audit. And then um, I had a chance to, to move to my current employer, um, uh, to build, and I mean, the position that I joined was um, related to building um, um, a new team for doing the security assessments and incident handling. So I started building that team and uh, I'm leading the team now for uh, around the past nine and a half years. It was a long journey. Wow, that's it. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing your story. So speaking of security teams, I'm keen to hear your thoughts about building a security team, especially with your background and your experience. Yeah, well, um, um, building a team, especially a cybersecurity team, is, is, is a very challenging task. Uh, you know, um, the cybersecurity field is very dynamic and the, the, there are a lot of advancements every day in every aspect of it. 
And um, there are also multiple specializations that require different types of skills. In addition, um, each organization has its own maturity level when it comes to cybersecurity. In my own point of view, uh, there are main factors that the organization has to consider when, when deciding to have a cybersecurity team. The first thing is that they really should understand the importance of having such a team because such a team is, is, is considered one of the control functions and um, its role is mainly responsible for protecting the organization's assets ranging from uh, the information systems, the network infrastructure, the applications, the endpoints, and so on. And uh, in order to do that, this team needs also to to, uh, to set all the policies and rules to govern the whole process. And the second thing is, is, is it's the type of business itself. And the cybersecurity maturity level will determine the um, priority of the cybersecurity activities, uh, which can be translated to projects and, and also long-time programs. So this will determine which skills are really needed on both the short and, and long terms, in addition, of course, to the number of the, the staff or the team members. So you, you start with a small team and then you grow as you go. I think the main challenging factor of, of building the team will be the, uh, the staff or the team members it's, uh, themselves. Because if we're talking about building a team, then we are talking mainly about choosing the right candidates. Part of the challenge is, is, is finding the right skills for every, for every level inside the team. I think uh, I read once a UK governmental data study that indicated uh, that there were like around 35% of the cybersecurity jobs that are hard to, to to fill. ISEC squared um, indicated in 2019 that there are like 4 million unfilled cybersecurity jobs. So um, imagine that the number is, is, is huge. And the thing is here, like uh, we're not only talking about the, the core technical cybersecurity skills, um, because there are also like you're looking for also like um, very important soft skills that, that should be present, like acquired by those team members. And some soft skills, uh, I think, are maybe like more important than the technical skills because um, you can easily acquire the technical skills through uh, learning from a lot of different channels, like attending courses or doing on the job training and so on. So you can easily acquire that. But for the soft skills, like they need um, a longer time to uh, to develop. In my opinion, like I'll just like focus on a few of, of the, the basic skills that should be uh, present in any cybersecurity professional who wants to, 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 to work on the field and successfully continue. So the first thing is the, um, I will call it the attitude. So uh, like the, the cybersecurity professional has to act uh, like very professionally and be like a, a good team player. And I always believe in the saying, I hire for attitude, not for technical skills. The second thing is the responsibility. So the professional has to uh, like really understand of the, the importance of fulfilling the tasks on time and try to be proactive. And because he's, he's at the end, he's working in, in, in a team or in a sector that's responsible for protecting the whole organization. The third thing is uh, the eagerness to learn. So, um, and as I said, uh, the cybersecurity field is a, is a very dynamic field and one has to be up to date in both like in the technical and business skills. The fourth thing is the persistence, which means that you have to have an objective and insist on, on reaching it. And the fifth thing is a very important thing, of course, it's the core technical skills them, themselves. So uh, a cybersecurity professional is, is, should like be willing to, to learn all the time, as I said, through the different channels, whether to do um, on-job training, take courses, attend uh, conferences, attend events, um, communicate with other uh, professionals in the community and so on. 
I'm keen to hear your thoughts on finding the balance, though, between leading a team and then still being hands-on on the technical side, which is something that you obviously expressed interest in. So um, a big part of um, why I love the field is because I was, as I said, I was fascinated with the idea of, of hacking itself and I always wanted to do the hands-on and so on. And, and that's why I have like focused from the beginning on specializing in, on, on, in, in the technical areas, like mainly the ethical hacking area. Um, I, I can't say that I'm, I'm the perfect guru in that, but I'm still learning a lot of things uh, every day. Uh, and I try to do that in, 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 like in some of the tasks of projects I, we, we work in. So um, sometimes like I have a big part of a project that may be like done by us internally or working with a, an external consultant that um, I take some part and do like the hands-on myself. And uh, also, of course, Outside of work, um, um, I try to to do um, like at my leisure time, do some like practice um, by whatever studying or trying things or attending workshops or or even playing in CTF comp- uh, competitions because they are like a good way of, of learning a lot of uh, practical stuff. So I'd like to sort of focus on now how you personally manage uh, an internal team versus an external team. Like how do you, again, get the balance right? And do you have any strategy around managing this? Yeah, of course. Um, as a like a big organization, uh, we, like we work with external consultants or external teams, and we also we have our team. So, um, and since I'm, I'm I'm responsible for leading the all the technical activities done by both teams. Yeah, I'll try to uh, to like to follow a specific strategy. So for the internal teams work, uh, it's divided into two categories, like the daily tasks done by the team members or the projects or many projects that's like span um, uh, a longer duration of time. So the daily tasks are related to uh, different areas. So there are different team members performing them. And in order to, to get things organized, those activities and many projects are categorized under um, uh, several team leaders who are directly reporting to me. And uh, the other team members are working like as a pool of resources performing those activities. And depending on the nature of the tasks, uh, like I get briefings, whether on a daily or a weekly basis. And of course, I'm always there for any escalation needed or like any kind of interference and and sometimes I work on such activities in coordination with the team member. For the um, external teams or the external consultants, um, we always work with them on ongoing projects and almost the same concept applies. So there are dedicated team members for for each component of the project. And for example, like um, if there is like uh, multiple applications that will be assessed by the, those external consultants. And this team member like does the necessary coordination and technical troubleshooting if needed. And, and we always like uh, engage in understanding meetings and ongoing discussions with the consultants until they uh, the finish the, the, the project or, or, or the job or whatever. So, and we review their uh, reports and also engage in, in several discussions until like uh, we totally close the loop of like um, closing the gaps that were uh, produced by this um, um, assignment. Um, of course, like there are stressful times when we get like loaded with concurrent tasks and projects performed by us and performed by the external teams. And um, uh, so we try to handle things based on the urgency and priority um, of each one of those tasks and projects uh, by maintaining like good communication between us and with the external consultants and also trying to to follow the best practice in time management um, as much as we can. So 
Would you say that it's worthwhile then to have a reliable external outsource team in case someone leaves, which happens, especially in cybersecurity? You know, we are dealing with high caliber talent and people unfortunately get poached for other roles. Uh, And I ask this question because in our space, you do need that instant capability that you can just sort of turn on immediately. Can you sort of talk through a little bit more and shed some light on your experience? Yes, sure. Um, actually, it's 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 always good to have an external team. I mean, like the, the external consultants, but um, it's not it's not usually related to replacing an internal team or like replacing some of the internal team members who who left. Actually, um, I see that the uh, size of the organization and the, the type of business um, determine how to depend on an internal and external teams. For example, um, if we're talking about a very large enterprise, uh, it's better to depend on both and divide the scope, the scope of work or projects between them. Um, because if, if you only depend on an external one, uh, you may run out of budget. And if you only depend on the internal one, uh, you may not fulfill all the requirements of all the projects, like unless, of course, you have an army of team members, and which may not be the case in, in a lot of organizations due to the um, uh, like recruitment rules and uh, the budget. So maybe in smaller organizations that have uh, adequate number of internal team members, moderate number of daily tasks and projects, this, this idea could, could work. However, um, note that this uh, can also depend on the requirements of the industry or the standards uh, followed by your uh, organization, and even sometimes the the rules of the regulator. Um, I'll just give like a a quick example. So in in, in the older versions of the PCI DSS standard, um, it was originally required that uh, the team performing the penetration testing for the uh, systems in scope should be uh, a third party. And in, 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 the, in the recent versions, uh, they allow to have a qualified internal team to perform them. And in, in some sectors, um, the regulator requires that the applications or systems uh, related to, uh, to, to launching a new service where uh, like you should take an approval from them is required to launch that service. Those activities should be performed by an external team, like whether there is an internal qualified one or not. So in my opinion, um, I guess it's better to have both uh, like with a fair kind of scope balancing uh, for, for all the projects and tasks you have. So do you think, though, for companies that have got multiple external consultants, perhaps it gets a little bit hard to manage, would you say? Because, I mean, I mean, the larger organization you have, like you may have up to 10, 15 plus uh, vendors and service providers that are involved. Does that get complicated then? I guess part of it could get complicated if if there was like no no adequate or relevant planning and if you're like um, short of resources. So, like you always consider when you work in projects with the external consultants about the the, the time planning and the resources you have because at the end the internal resources will 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 coordinate with the external consultant. So. Um, uh, sometimes it's it's hard when you have like multiple projects, like two or three projects at the same time. I mean, we haven't reached the number of like fifteen projects, and it's it's. I, I don't think that uh, we're gonna do that because it's. I think it's impossible. But um, we're talking on, on, on average about like between two or three projects running at the same time. So um, good planning is an essential part here. Like. Uh, we dedicate some of the internal resources to work in this project. Others uh, are dedicated to uh, the other uh, projects. And the third group is dedicated to the third project. And 
um, we make sure that uh, we, we try to make sure as much as possible that uh, the time plans are, are clear and things are running on time. Of course, you you, will fi- you you could find like difficulties in some of the projects that could delay the project itself for whatever some technical reasons, some other delayed stuff. So we try to to always put alternatives and uh, try to work on them until like uh, we reach the uh, the goal of uh, achieving the uh, intended uh, result of the project itself. Again, it depends on like good planning and uh, good uh, utilization of the resources you have. Would you say that a lot of people have good planning though, or do you think that that's sort of rare? Not all people have good planning, and it's not really rare. So I think it's something in 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 the middle. Part of uh, like like acquiring the good planning skills, it will come by experience. So when you work in, in in a lot of projects and like be in the situation where like you're running like three or four projects at the same time, uh, although it's like very stressful and 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 very uh, needs a lot of effort. Uh, when you do that a lot of times and several times and throughout like throughout the years you'll get the relevant experience of being um, used to do that so it could be like yes difficult at the beginning but the more experienced you are the more successful you'll be in managing that or, or having the exact balance you want so how do you sort of handle that conversation to an executive about wanting additional outsource capability now it's always hard to have this conversation because there's always that push and pull. You can go back and say, okay, well, I need more money to get a larger team. And then obviously you're going to get the pushback to say, well, I've already handed you a whole bunch of money. Like, why do you need more people? So how do you have that conversation where you're getting your outcome that you need as well as keeping your executive on side? Uh, so actually, as I have indicated, uh, like for the type of team I manage, uh, like we have both models. We work with external consultants and uh, we have our um, internal team. So, for example, recruiting new guys, if there is really a, like a justified business need, uh, sometimes we could like even talk to the uh, senior management. Uh, however, be- be- bear in mind that uh, like the- there is a general rule for for recruitment inside a lot of organizations. So uh, they have, for example, they-, they have like specific plans for each sector um, for every year that, for example, for this year, you can recruit um, uh, two or three guys or you have like unfilled uh, spaces or positions for those number of guys. So the also it's it's also related part of it is, is is related to the budget of your department because at the end like you're having some of the budget to 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 pay for the um, uh, salaries of new team members. In specific cases, the organization may need to recruit like professionals who have who are experience in a specific or, or or a rare area where where like you have to launch a new activity. For example, during the last couple of years, we established uh, a unit inside my team um, responsible for the cyber threat intelligence activities. Um, so I had to recruit maybe two guys who have good experience in that area. So we try to adapt with the uh, HR rules. And although it could be like difficult sometimes, especially when the recruitment process um, is t- takes uh, um, some time or, or delayed. So in general, when there is a business need, uh, we tend to recruit. And um, if there is a need to talk to the uh, executives or senior management for getting an exceptional approval, for example, uh, we do it. And in most of the cases, it was fine. I mean, it, it went fine. So as long as like you have uh, a valid and solid uh, business justification, things uh, go easily with them. Well, I ask that question simply because as many people out there, they may not necessarily understand some of the nuances like of the field. So, you know, 
from an executive perspective, they might say like, hey, Louie, you've already got 50 people and now you're asking for 20 more. So that was sort of more the, the angle that I was thinking. Like, can you talk through perhaps from that perspective? Yeah, and as I said, at the end, it also it depends on the um, like maturity of the organization. So um, I think if this organization is 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 really understanding the importance of having like a strong cybersecurity team, and the they really understand the need to have this team and need to grow its uh, or increase the number of its members. Uh, and the need to uh, to work in different activities and new initiatives and so on, I think things uh, will, uh, will will get easily. If the maturity level is is, is low and like we're talking about maybe a, a small organization that they are still uh, not really valuing the uh, importance of of having a cybersecurity team or a cybersecurity unit, and they see it just like as like just as as a department where like there should be like only a specific number of people working in that, of course, things will be difficult. So a big part of it depends on the maturity level of the organization and the maturity level of the uh, senior management in terms of knowing the importance of the cybersecurity uh, area. Wow, thank you. Do you have any sort of closing thoughts or statements that you'd like to leave our listeners on? Uh, as I said, like it took me 10 years <laughs> to, to, to enter the field, but uh, at the end, um, I did it. So... I want to advise the guys younger than me that be patient and always put an objective and uh, and work on it. Even even if you cannot fulfill that objective um, in the uh, time you wanted it uh, to, 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 to be achieved, uh, just change your plans. So change your plans, but don't change your objective. And I think um, things are a little bit easier uh, because at the time of when I tried to break into the field while I was the uh, at the university, the only like way to, to learn was well, by like getting or buying books and maybe some source uh, some sources on the internet. Um, now we have a lot of resources. Like you have a lot of uh, online courses, a lot of physical courses, a lot of uh, blogs, a lot of uh, videos, a lot of research papers published. So this will make things faster. So, uh, so in terms of learning, so learning became easier than 15 or 20 years ago. Uh, the thing is, as I said, just put an objective uh, in front of you and try to be patient, try to be persistent, and definitely you'll reach it even, even if you're delayed, but you'll reach it. Wow, that's wonderful. It's a long time to uh, finally get into the space. So your perseverance was definitely on your side. So thanks, Louie. Thanks very much for your time and sharing some of your insights and your experiences today. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks a lot, Carissa. And hope we'll meet again and talk again because we have like endless topics in the cybersecurity area. Thanks a lot for having me and hope to talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that you found today's episode useful and you took away a few key points. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to get our latest episodes. If you'd like to find out how KBI can help grow your cyber business, then please head over to kbi.digital. This podcast was brought to you by KBI.media, the voice of cyber.